When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Mitch Keating from Zero Digital Media joins us on the Overnight Crowd. G'day to you, Mitch. Hey, Eddie. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Thanks for the time once again, and Happy New Year to you. Uh, the gift we all get is the New Year's test from the SCG, although it being on the 5th, it sure has felt like a wait, but once it got here, the weather hasn't exactly played ball just yet with uh, showers abound on day one. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't what everyone was kind of hoping for to kick off the new year, but... Um... We got in some actions. Less than 50 overs is probably a bit disappointing, but I don't know what, what can you really do when the heavens open up. But um, it gave us plenty of insight into what we can potentially get for the for the next four days with the pitch and, and everything that's working for with the bowlers. And, um, you know, bowlers is with bat in hand. We had three blokes who come in, start building a, an innings themselves and, and then kind of toss it away. So there's certainly options for both sides heading in tomorrow morning. Um, and with the two at the crease at the moment in Kawadra and Smith, there's... Plenty of potential to um, to chase up some more runs that we've that we've lost from today, but um, England I think will be pretty happy with the takeaway. Probably would have liked an extra wicket yeah. um, in that last session, but I guess yeah, just the abrupt ending kind of hurt their chances, and, and they'll look to um, quickly attack to first thing tomorrow. So the Aussies win the toss. They elect to bat. Uh, looked a good call before the wickets of Harris and Labuschagne uh, late in successive overs as well, which uh, you'd call the day pretty even, as uh, you were saying there as well. Yeah, exactly right. I think, um, like you said, up until probably back-to-back wickets in, in short time, uh, the Aussies and Paddy Cummins were probably pretty happy. He did mention at the toss that the, the weather probably had some impact and potentially swaying him the other way. But, yeah, I think um, he was pretty happy with the call and, and that things were set up quite well for the Aussies. And, you know, the wind and rain comes through and, and it can certainly flip the script. And that's certainly what happened um, in the afternoon with uh, you know, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad rolling through and Broad getting his bunny in Warner once again. But, um, you know, it was still you know great to see, um, I think, a bit more of a level contest. Whether that stays true um, for the next few days remains to be seen. We've, you know, it is usually called a batter's game cricket, but this time has probably been the opposite. And I think um, with what Australia might be able to do with ball in hand at some point, should the conditions remain similar, will be a pretty scary prospect for the Palms. I wanted to mention uh, Stuart Broad getting David Warner. It uh, felt like the script was a little bit different than the classics that we've uh, been fed before. Uh, nicking off, you know, with the score on 51, but didn't feel like uh, those classic sort of uh, Broad on top of Warner sort of uh, performances or uh, dismissals. No, no, it wasn't. Um, you know, it's, it's probably been, like you said, a bit different, particularly in this summer as well. Um, just that battle we haven't seen, obviously, as much with Broad in and out. Um, and that battle today was probably even, yeah, like I said, a bit different than when we're used to, but... 13 times certainly adds up to something. Um, I think, you know, whether that's you know, a concern for Warner when he's coming up against, you know, nothing against Ball, one of the best bowlers we've seen this century, um, or whether it really comes down to the other English, uh, members of the English attack and, and then not really being able to get him out in the past. So it's a bit more of a balance. And I think um, yeah, we've seen something a bit different from Broad this summer and, and, what, and how he's trying to go about um, his attack uh, on the crease. 
Marcus Harris uh, taking his time, but also playing with a little bit more confidence, I think, since getting the backing and approval of the uh, selection brass. Yeah, the, the, the 70 in Melbourne certainly helps. Um, whether today, what do you make, 38 odd off 100 plus balls, probably not doing a lot for his favours, but I think a lot of it's going to come down to how Wisman Kawaja performs mm. first thing tomorrow. Um, you know, he, he's come in um, with some luck and he's probably not going to be Australia's number five in the next test. It should head be fit for Tasmania, but um, he's really batting for that opening spot at the moment, I think. And with how Harris fended off today, um, yeah, concerns, somewhat the same old story from what we've seen from Marcus Harris across mm. the course of his international career. So that's a bit of a concern, and I think he'll be watching closely as Kawaja stands at the crease in his return. Um, but, yeah, for Harris, I, I was happy for him to kind of get the extra knock in. I think, you know, one more chance maybe, but... <laughs> Um, you know, if he's shy of 50 again, um, which does sound quite harsh, but if he's shy of 50 again, I think that's uh, that's a curtains drawn on Marcus Harris. It was a big cheer for Usman Khawaja as he entered the field as well, 11 years after his debut at the same venue. Do you think the cheer to you is a snapshot of how popular Usman is in the, you know, just the um, uh, supporters uh, sort of mindset, or is it, you know, how popular he is as a selection in the team? It caught me a little bit by surprise, the reaction of him uh, walking out to the field. I'm a big Uzi fan. It was mania all the way, but um, I think there's probably something a bit different with Sydney. Um, you know, if it was at the Gabba, of course, the local fans would get around him. But his form at Sydney, I think, just the past that he's uh, that he's had at that ground in particular, and at this pink test, um, certainly a connection there between him and the fans and the ground. So that was really great to see. And I think, um, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a fan favourite, and and you know, making that return and at 35 years old. Um, somewhat, you know, as a veteran batsman to come back and, and kind of have this chance. And I think there's there's no real loss for Uzi at the moment. You know, he can win and he can re- somehow you know, reclaim a spot, whether that's at five or more likely at, um, in the opening partnership. But, you know, if he still puts in a solid knock and falls out, then, um, like I said, there's no real loss for him at the moment. And he can enjoy himself tomorrow and hopefully it's not the last we see him. Anderson, Broad and Wood all pick up a wicket. Stokes gets through 10 overs. Jack Leach just the two overs so far. Uh, who was your pick of the English bowlers from day one? Well, Jimmy Anderson, um, you know, I was hoping we were going to see a bit more form from what we saw in Melbourne. And I think he's finding that. And the pitch is doing, um, you know, I think wonderful things for for him and for Broad. And, and Mark Wood as well. I think I was reading he was averaging close to 149 kilometres across his innings yeah. uh, with ball in hand, which is just staggering pace. We saw it in Melbourne had an immediate impact when he was brought back into the side after missing out in Adelaide. And, um, you know, that kind of pace, no matter what you're doing with the ball, it's certainly going to keep the batsmen um, all over the shop. So that was fantastic from him. But quite a well-balanced effort, I think, all around. You know, like I said, Leach only two overs, but the rest all double figures. Um, and, you know, one wicket each to Broad, Anderson and Wood um, had it, yeah, quite bare and quite even between the whole attack. Um, but what we saw from, like I said, from the pitch and from the conditions, if it stays the same tomorrow, I think Jimmy Anderson's once again going to be the danger man. Joe Root uh, could be set for a career as a lawyer post-cricket, considering he convinced the umpires to change the ball after 30 overs. I'm sure it was just a wet ball type situation, nothing else untoward going on there, right? Yeah, I, I, it couldn't be too much in it. I wouldn't feel <laughs> I think the umpires are going to going to be probably the ones best on on top of that case. Um, at the moment, but like we saw with today, rain on, rain off, covers on, covers off, and even playing through some quite heavy conditions, even from what we saw in the BBL tonight, um, just trying to push through the wet, and obviously it's going to have a big impact. Uh, you know, like I said, we still almost got 50 overs in, and that's plenty of um, plenty of tampering on the ball, um, but whether there was any save from Root, I'm not too sure. 
The Big Bash League does continue to econ at the minute. Uh, you don't have to be cath day night to have a feeling in your waters that the Heat versus Sixers game wasn't going to get up today and 12 positive players leaving the club without a team. But they're on the phones and they're going to play tomorrow in Geelong versus the Renegades. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's the, what we're living in at the moment. And, and who knows what this time tomorrow will have for us between those two clubs, whether that is a game or further postponement. But, um, yeah, for the Heat, just the latest club to, to be involved and swooped up in it all. And it's probably not going to be the last either. The Renegades also confirmed today at least one player within their camp has tested positive. So hopefully that's the end of that for, for the Renegades. But for the Heat, it'll be interesting to see who they bring through. I think seven years of Mitch Clear is reporting. Jake Lehman's actually... Heading up for Brisbane, which is wow. um, quite exciting if, if he's making his BBL comeback. And obviously, Dad Darren's assistant coach there at the moment. So that's one of them. And hopefully, there's a few more. Like we have seen at the Stars, some um, you know potential players of the future getting a breakout campaign this year. As you said there, the Renegades also recording the positive test today. So every chance of another postponement tomorrow. So also, any gun club cricketers out there, just make sure the phone is that, uh, not switched on to do not disturb because uh, you might be getting a call but the last team that really went through it with COVID the Melbourne Stars continue to do so uh, Glenn Maxwell now testing positive for COVID as well yeah they're, they're nervously waiting for that PCR result at the moment that's that's obviously the big one um, for them if that comes back negative he'll be all good but positive one and he'll join a, a long list of the Stars who are currently sidelined what that means for their, their next few games um, you know he'll likely miss two but they'll get a fair few of those missing dozen or so back. Um, you know, quite an unlucky camp they're sitting in. You know, I think a few people have kind of looked up towards how the Heat have been able to kind of, you know, delay and postpone and the Stars have kind of had to run the changes, but they've found some good good prospects. Um, Rogers, Crone and these kind of guys who have been able to get their chance and even Dean um, and, you know, they certainly guys that are you know, potentially regaining a chance at the top level and, like we said, there's there's plenty of depth in uh, Victorian Premier Cricket, and whether that's also in, uh, across the across the nation, um, the stars have looked alright. Wasn't going to be easy for them, and um, with how Adelaide have gone tonight, they're going to be placed on the bottom, hoping to get, bounce straight back. So the Scorchers get the call up. They take care of business versus the Sixers. They're doing the job on the road as well for the whole tournament. Uh, Marsh and Inglis called up into the Ashes squad. Timer Mills about to return home, but they're just going to keep finding a way at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, it's a credit to them. They're, you know, probably the best uh, BBL side we've seen across the uh, the course of, you know, the entire competition's history. Um, they're absolutely professionals. They're fantastic the way they go about it, and they have that next man up mentality, uh, as we saw last night. And what many probably thought was going to be a grand final preview, um, Scorchers, you know, handled it with with some ease. Um, like I said, Morris steps up in the position of Berendorf's absence and uh, did fantastically well. And him and Mills' opening partnership just cleaned up. Cleaned up early and, and did fantastically well. And Andrew Ty currently leading um, wicket taker for the whole competition has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Colin Munro, um, you know, when I say professional, there's, there's none that are, that are quite on that standard as high as he is. So absolutely fantastic for them. I think they're going to get Josh Inglis back, which is going to be a big boost for them. Um, you know, but Mitch Marsh, if he's not back in the team any time yet, then there is still that hole. But um, as I mentioned, they've, they've got plenty to fill that um, and they're sitting comfortable on top at the moment. How's your uh, Big Bash League Supercoach team been going at the moment? Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll try to uh, try to parry, parry this one pretty quickly. I think I forgot about it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So <laughs> very on. downhill, very quick. 
Um, if I looked at it now, it probably wouldn't be what I want to see. So, um, yeah, next question. Yeah, with uh, with all the changes going on, mate, uh, no one's exactly uh, you know rolling in the scores at the moment. So you might you never know. You know, you could have had a couple of guys that have uh, stayed on well enough. But um, some good news around the place that I did see today, uh, courtesy of your article on Zero Wicket, is that the Balkan Bulldog Will Pukowski is making his return to cricket this weekend. Yeah, fantastic news. Um, you know, when we speak of Uzi and his fan favourite, Will Pukowski won game uh, for Australia, and I think he's, he's loved by just about everyone. And it's fantastic to hear that you know, after 10 concussions, and he's only 23, that yeah. he's finally pulling through into his first elite-level game, playing in Victoria's Premier League um, this weekend. Fingers crossed games go ahead. We're not too sure what's going to be the case for some of these divisions, particularly local level and, and then those in between um, kind of that higher standard. So hopefully it goes ahead and hopefully he has, you know, a great knock and has his time. And I think he's just looking forward to enjoying his time at the crease. I don't think too many are going to be focused on the result that comes out of it and just that he finds some, some minutes and some strokes in front of the ball. And um, yeah, best of luck to him because we know the talent that he has at his disposal. And um, at the moment, it's just that patience and conservative approach that, that we all need to have in him. Um, and I think that's going to come in due time. 100%. Uh, that's great news, as is uh, Bangladesh claiming their best test match win, outplaying New Zealand in the first test, getting the win by eight wickets. A real feel-good result, well, for everyone, by the Kiwis at least. Yeah, stunning. Um, you know, it's just one of these stories. I think they pop up probably once every three, four years. And yeah. the, the Bangladesh, this is one of them that's once in a lifetime. Absolutely fantastic to see. Um, you know, a nation that you know probably hasn't put their... their foot on the map as much as they would have liked to across you know, the, probably the last 20 or so years. And, and this win is really going to stand out for them and, and show them plenty of, um, you know, plenty of potential for the future and what they have. You, know, you look at the squad and there's not a lot you want to look at, but um, looking at the results in the scorecard from the test that was, um, it's absolutely fantastic to see. Ebedo Hussain was you know, obviously the, the story of the, the whole test um, when you talk about more of an individual perspective with his six-footer kind of wrap up the test at the end and then um, obviously the Tigers coming in and only requiring 40-odd um, this morning. So it was absolutely fantastic for them to see. And like you said, for the, I guess, for the New Zealand camp, um, you're not, not the best for them uh, by any means. You know, started off strong and then just got rolled in, into that uh, second innings. And um, I guess, yeah, obviously it wasn't enough to, to put up a fight against the 458 target um, that Bangladesh set early. So, Plenty to take away from. Probably not what Ross Taylor would have liked on his way no, out, but no. <laughs> um, I guess the story itself around the Tigers and just a lot of the spirit in the ground and, and what was seen after the match was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, but Hassan, as you uh, mentioned there, wins a fast bowling competition a few years back, plays test cricket two years later, unplayable in his uh, player of the match performance. It's some yarn, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. I was reading he's in the Air Force. He was playing volleyball. He's Sounds like he's done just about everything except play cricket yeah. before this weekend. So, um, no, absolute credit to him. I think it's absolutely fantastic to see these kind of players. Young, old, we saw HS Patel at you know, 30 plus years only a few weeks ago take take Temper. And then, um, you know, obviously, question marks about yeah, why he wasn't done by. Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, certainly so. But, um, yeah, these are the kind of stories that cricket um, loves to write up and um, we love to read them. As intriguing as a test match can be, I reckon at the moment, the South Africa versus India second test. Uh, India rolled for 202. South Africa looking the goods, chasing it down at two for 100, but then they get rolled for 229. Any total of 200 plus, uh, if India can get there, will be tough to chase again, won't it? 
Yeah, well, like I said, uh, cricket was a batsman's game, but this summer certainly <laughs> looking <laughs> otherwise at the moment. Um, yeah, just a, obviously a few scores over 200 and not much to separate the two sides um, across you know, the first innings each, and India still struggling um, in that third innings for them. So, like I said, a lot of focus has been on the bowling. Marco yeah. Hansen has been absolutely fantastic and another pluck for South Africa, and you know, an absolute fantastic bowling attack. Kagiza Rabato, who I think is, you know, going to be the best bowler for a very long time. Um, you know, another three for, for him. So it um, just goes to show that South Africa certainly, you know, like the first scorchers, or I guess it's probably the other way around, have that next man up mentality. Um, and it's been absolutely fantastic to see for them. But, you know, like you said, on the on the batting side of things, quite disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you know, Keegan Peterson was fine, put up 50 plus, but the rest of the order, um, you know, Bavuma also held his own. But, um, yeah, quite disappointing. From their side of things, and then um, you know, to see, I think it was the cool take seven far, um, you know, just <laughs> run through um, the South Africans, and then put, quickly put themselves back at the crease. Um, that uh, has been quite a disappointing inning so far, and it's looking like you know, if everything goes the way it has gone so far, it's going to be still a very tight test. Yeah, and uh, I feel like most of the action is off the field for India at the moment with uh, the unlikely upper back spasms for uh, Virat Kohli, seeing him out of the test. Uh, K.O. Rahul given the uh, captaincy armband over Jinka Rahane and just a couple of other things going on at the moment. Very intriguing around the Indian camp, I'm finding. Yeah, yeah, quite bizarre indeed. Uh, obviously, don't have to speak on how big of a void Kohli leaves in this English batting lineup, and you know, even on the field and how vocal he is and you know, we saw Rahani's leadership uh, last summer when in uh, Coley's absence and how fantastic he was, you know, with the, you know, like you said, proverbial captain's band on and um, to see Rahul take it and um, you know, there's some of the intricacies we obviously don't have insight into, but um, yeah, some something that certainly you can take away just from being an onlooker. To uh, the AFLW and the season kicks off on Friday night. Uh, I was a bit uh, perturbed by the AFLW skippers. Uh, none of them tipping Fremantle as the premiers. Uh, I've uh, got a couple of uh, other people that have uh, also backed in the uh, Dockers as the AFLW premiers favourites. Uh, who's your favourite for the flag for the AFLW season? Uh, well, there's probably a difference between favourite and, and prediction. Um, I think <laughs> Brisbane rightfully so are going to be favourites. Um, Melbourne are probably up there with them as well in in what a lot of people are kind of tipping for, but um, if I'm if I'm going to put my money anywhere, it's going to be on North Melbourne. I think um, they're just this low hanging threat that's certainly going to surprise many. I think um, come the end of the year, and and they'll be well in the premiership contention. But you know whether they're up against Brisbane and the likes of Melbourne and Adelaide and these you know known premiership contenders is one thing. So um, the Kangaroos one I'm going to look out for, but certainly can't rule out the Dockers. Um, you know I think they're fantastic. They're becoming a you know, a powerhouse club um, in the women's competition. It's fantastic to see. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting how they kick off their campaign with the derby and some of the extra changes. But, um, yeah, certainly couldn't rule out the Purple Haze. And how about the first game that opens the season? Uh, the Saints versus the Tigers. Some injury news around the Tigers. Who's your tip for game one? Yeah, it's a tough one. These two sides that I don't think will break into the top six, but certainly have their, their chances as to why they can. Um, Ali McKenzie out. Out early is a huge one for them, and obviously Patricia Hutchinson Smith, um, you know, unlikely to potentially both of them not even playing this season is, is a huge blow for the Saints. But I'll be tipping the Tigers, uh, I think narrowly, but um, yeah, it's going to be a great contest down at Frankston. As every league will go through a bit of drama with uh, positive COVID uh, tests and protocols. Any updates on the North Melbourne skipper Emma Kearney? I know she was waiting on a uh, test at the moment. 
No, no, yeah, similar, I guess, as what we've heard from uh, with the Melbourne Stars camp and Glenn Maxwell is mm. that PCR test is really the big one that they'll be waiting on. So hopefully, fingers crossed, she's all fit to play. As far as you know, my cats, a little part of me doesn't want her to play, but <laughs> when you've got a player like that running around, you kind of kind of do want to see the best of the best at it. So um, yeah, I guess that's kind of a wait and see, and the kangaroos will be quite nervous, and uh, I think the cats will too. We'll finish off on some NRL yarns, and the Great League is never far from the news and the headlines. Uh, firstly, the Penrith Panthers, uh, with big concerns, as a significant number of players and staff are currently stricken with COVID ahead of preseason training. Yeah, it's, I guess it's just the, the title that everyone's kind of having to go with at yeah. the moment across uh, each and any sport at the moment. And yeah, the Panthers are like many, um, in the, whether it's in the BBL or whether it's in the AFLW and AFL or you know, even international, what we've seen in the Premier League, NFL, NBA, it's it's everywhere, and it's um you know it's something everyone's trying to battle with. But for the Panthers, they're the latest NRL club to uh, you know kind of take on this battle themselves and you know force the delay to, to their uh, preseason preparations and what that might mean for their Premiership defence. Who knows? And um you know a few clubs, the Broncos revealed that you know they had four players. Um I think they revealed that yesterday, and now the the Panthers are, are the next, and they haven't given a number, so that can be quite a concern if it is you know quite large, but. Um, you know, they're quite a professional club and um, they'll be back and I think it won't hinder their, their premiership chances too much. Staying on the Panthers, uh, Mitch, uh, do you have any tattoos? I do not. I do not. Have you taken any inspiration from Nathan Cleary's tattoo? Uh, the comments and the burns <laughs> coming thick and fast from the large, alternatively drawn and textured piece? It's, uh, it's not my cup of tea, Edie. I'll, I'll tell you that much for sure. Uh, look, it's one way to say you've got to be a Panther for life. I think that's True. That's one way to put it, and um, you know, he, he, if, uh, if that's what Nathan likes, that's what Nathan gets. But um, look, he's a champ, and he's got it in writing now, so um, there's no taking that away from him. Uh, some people are saying, uh, with uh, how big the text was of uh, the uh, premiership year, that maybe he's only planning on winning the one. There's uh, no room to put a second <laughs> number beside it. There was a lot of mean stuff flying around, and um, it's always. Yeah, a bit, uh, you know, nerve-wracking, I guess, showing off uh, something as personal as a tattoo like that. And unfortunately, he got ripped on. He did, he did. Yeah, I think there's a few questions about the font and, uh, <laughs> yeah, like you said, the size and everything else. So, look, he'll have money for another tattoo if he, if he gets another ring at the True. end of this year. So, yeah. um, look, he's a player that certainly lets his footy do the talking. I think, um, yeah, he'll be in for another big season this year. And uh, finally, not really fair that the NRL gets dragged into the Blake Ferguson story, but he was over there to start his uh, union career in Japan. He dabbled in a few intoxicants and some street fighting, and he's out the door pretty quick as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really disappointing. Um, you know, I think, like you said, obviously rugby league does get brought into it, given um, you know Blake's career and 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 how he has amassed this career that was making him such an intriguing um, and such a massive signing for NEC. Green Rockets in Japan and um, you know it's such a young league and they're a young team and um, you know they would have been just all looking up to to what Ferguson was going to going to offer and yeah it is really disappointing to see how things have unfolded and um, and yeah we, we'll have to see how how things go from here but um, like I said it's it's um, like he's a player that's it's a massive amazing career and a premiership winner with the Roosters uh, an Origin representative an Australian representative so hopefully um, you know we'll, we'll see um, you know, something good come out of this. I'm not sure where that comes from for from Japan's point of view, or you know Ferguson coming back to Australia. But um, we know you know Japan has a very very much a zero tolerance um, on drug use, and obviously in their sport they're they're very highly respected um, between the league and the team. So 
hopefully um, there is some smooth sailing in this, but um, it's a a lot is up in the air at the moment for Blake Ferguson. Most definitely. And uh, Mitch, we really appreciate the time once again, mate, and the efforts. We'll keep up with your work across Zero Digital Media. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks again, mate. Mitch Keating from Zero Digital Media joining us on the Overnight Crowd and doing a phenomenal job of it as well. Uh, Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.